Good evening, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. My cord got stuck. Where's the intern? Isn't, isn't the intern supposed yeah, to have this? Oh, we are live. <laughs> Secrets of the Sire. Talking comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every week with myself, our engineer Sam Leibowitz, and a wonderful co-host, Hassan Godwin. What's up, man? And that other guy. And that other guy. (laughs) How are you doing? The other guy is always the the least... um, (laughs) Careful now. I was going to say least, not rewarded. Well, yes, you're not getting any reward for this. (laughs) Well, I'm Um, used to it because I'm a bass player, so... (laughs) You're the unsung hero? Is it the unsung? The unsung Sung. Well, like, you are sung. People don't even know what a bass is 90% of the time. Well, how do you like, have that big, stupid guitar with the four strings on we're it? We're not talking about a bass. I'm talking about it in this show. You're I'm like the just unsung saying, hero, I, right? I, well, I feel the bassist is the unsung hero of the band. Well, we've got a tremendous show tonight. Uh, we are talking comics, movies, and TV, as we always do. Uh, we have a great guest on tonight, though. Yes, we do. Um, Oh, Fico Leon joined us on Periscope. We love that guy. Hoping the studio burned down. Nope, studio is still no, going no. strong. We have um, asbestos underwear on, too. We're okay. <laughs> so, uh, nice we, also, we also, in addition to the great guests, we have the co-creator of Deadpool yes, coming on, do. Fabian yes, Nicieza. Uh, try pronouncing his name, because that, that is not easy to do. No, but um, once you get it right. You'll never forget it. It's very, very true. And and I do some work with his brother Mariano. So I just Nicieza this and Nicieza that. Uh, it's been it's been, you know, fairly simple to be able to do that. But we want to welcome all the peeps on Facebook Live. We want to welcome all the peeps on Periscope as well. Hello, peeps. Again. Yeah, we do have peeps. It's it's pretty cool like peeps that. Peeps taste terrible too. Um, we also want to thank our uh, our sponsor, uh, Snowden, and looking to entertain the kids. Fun Food Flip is the game for you. Uh, each player gets he- dealt a hand of food cards and must come up with the most gross and most interesting combinations for each of the four courses. Just wait to see what your kids come up with. If you like apples to apples, you'll love Fun Food Flip. We had a little snow the other day, so you could have played it then. There's a lot of things you could have done during a snow day. Um, we want to thank our beloved patrons as well. We have dedicated fans. Einar Peterson, Matt Byer, John Hoff Third, Ashley Haikai. Welcome, Elizabeth McKee. They microwave well. Excellent. Uh, our program director, Stephanie Dolce. Our executive producer, Steve Hovecki and Brian Phillips. And as always, our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. All right, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to welcome Fabian a little bit later on in the show. Um, and one of the things that Fabian also did, which was awesome, was he wrote Batman. And, uh, and Batman was in, the, uh, was in the news here it this was, week. It was in the uh, news. It, you know, and I, I've told Sam this on a number of occasions, and I think it's the most uh, amazing thing is uh, this show just writes itself. Right, like we don't have to actually really oh, do much of anything. Well, no. <laughs> it is a very, very good thing. Those, those gnomes—they're they're worth every. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we essentially just basically look at the news, and there's lately there's just always something. Yeah, there's always some comic book related, or uh, yeah, just yeah. It's going to be a big year anyway, because I mean, everything's happening this year. I mean, we we already talked about that. Yeah, TV shows, movies, everything. So it's going to be huge. It's it's going to be a bunch of shows writing themselves. It's going to be huge, except now uh, it's it's a little less exciting. Uh, we have Sad Affleck now. And we do. I, and, we and do. So he's all over the place. Sad too. <sighs> Variety dot com. Ben Affleck has decided to step down as director of The Batman, but will remain on as a producer and still star in the project. Um, Affleck is still on board to play the superhero, but sources close to the talent said Affleck and Warner Brothers, after discussing how to best make or how to make the best film possible, I'm actually correcting their uh, article. <laughs> um, poor writing. Uh, came to the decision together. There are certain characters who hold a special place in the hearts of millions. Uh, Affleck said in a statement, performing this role demands focus, passion. It also demands Thorne McGee, who just joined. Welcome yeah. you, welcome Thorne on Hello, the Facebook Thorne. Live. And I cannot do both jobs to the level they require. Together with the studio, I've decided to find a partner and a director who will collaborate with me on this massive film. I'm still in this, and we're making it, And this, but we are currently looking for a director. This is what gives you pause, right? Yeah. You're, so, <laughs> so you're saying, your, your logic is, as, as we sort of uh, uh, brushed on it, was mm-hmm. that it's something seriously wrong for a guy who's got the keys to the kingdom yes. to kind of hand the keys over to yes. somebody else, to, to some undisclosed person. So it's not even like ah, I wanted to give this these keys to uh, to George uh, right. of the jungle, 
who is the most amazing filmmaker of all time. Right. I'm just going to throw these keys up and whoever catches it can make my movie. That's, exactly. That's a- exactly. And, and that's, and that's you know, so immediately I thought of Seth Affleck when I, heard, when I read this <laughs> statement, though. Sources say this decision was solely based on what's best for the project and had nothing to do with the recent <laughs> disappointment of Affleck's recent directing job. Boy, they, Variety just does not write good articles. No. With the recent disappointment of Affleck's recent directing job. Like, really? Yeah. Get, a, get an recent editor. Recent twice. Get an editor, That's Variety. That's disgusting. Uh, That's disgusting. So the recent, 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 recent <laughs> directing job lived by night. All right? So... I guess that didn't do well. No, it, 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 actually, it, it is actually going to cost Warner Brothers $75 million. Really? Yeah, that's is how... Is it that that's, bad? That's is it a bad, bad... Have yeah, you seen it? Yeah. Is it a bad movie? Is it a bad film? I have, Dude, I don't see movies anymore. Oh, oh wait. Yeah, I, host this, I, host, I host a movie Yeah, you're I see all the movies. Yes, every movie. Do. Every movie. No, I heard critics kind of panned it, and it did not do well in the theaters. Um, wow. And, and Patrick, our, was, in, our, our intern, uh, was, giving, was making faces when I even talked about it, so clearly it was not, it was pretty bad. We gotta give Patrick another seat, because he's behind me and I can't see any of it. Well, he's, he's haunting you back there. Yes, and I feel haunted. So, I, all right, Stop before we me. even continue with the poorly written Variety article, I mean, <laughs> that is exactly what we need to talk about, though. It's, it's like, is Ben Affleck... Conser- like what Saffleck, is the what is the re- yeah, yeah is that is that and that's serious it's exactly what i started posting on social media and started thinking was that this guy is and with good cause and i think you actually have a great uh, counterpoint to this and we'll get into that in a second you know was he basically thinking to himself i don't want to endure i don't want to flop i don't want another daredevil i don't want another geely i don't want another now live by night like is he almost scared it's not to make fair, a bad though. movie first of all uh, Daredevil wasn't him. He was just in it. Sure. Uh, Geely wasn't him. Sure. He was just in it. Yeah. So, um, and Live by Night is basically his first flop because he did um, he did The Town, which right. was a great movie. Yes. Which I, I I thoroughly enjoyed, and he did uh, what was the other one? Um, uh, Argo. Oh, Argo was. I mean, Argo was amazing. Argo was a great. Yeah. But so Argo was which, exactly why people were so excited. To, to see him actually direct the Batman, because you're like sitting there saying, like, and just like you kind of put it, he can be everything Zack Snyder wasn't. And now it's like, well, I don't know now. Well, uh, yeah, but he's still committed to being Batman. Right. So, I mean, he's not, I mean, I understand what everyone's saying, and I understand the, 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 the kind of disconnect or whatever is like well he's not 100% committed to it because it's not going to be all his vision he had to he had the opportunity to make it uh, be a great character in a great movie that he made yeah and now they're going to find you know theoretically some fly by night uh you know a last minute sources, director is going to come running in uh oh see here sources you go. say there's a short list and that war of the planet of the apes helmer matt reeves is among those on the list which we haven't seen yet though, right which we don't know is <laughs> so so that's not so nice try but where does this leave dc though too i mean it's it's also a perception thing right and we kind of we kind of touched upon it i mean where does it really leave dc is always going to be behind the eight ball because marvel just got such an amazing head start on them and but this they, was, but this was supposed to be, you know, the the, the we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna re-steer the ship now. We we've got a, a Academy Award winning director doing this. We've got but a guy who's all in. What happens to these guys? All yeah. right, Favreau, Marvel, mm-hmm. Marvel MCU is the house that John Favreau built. Yes. Okay. What do you even hear? You don't hear from him anymore. Sure. He can't get arrested now. Okay. Um, <laughs> Joss Whedon. Came and redefined what Marvel House is going to be. He's okay. the one theoretically who piloted the ship to Money Island. Okay, yes, with, the, with the Avengers. Yes, we're going back to Money Island. He makes the second Avengers movie. He's he can't get arrested anymore. Like you know, and I don't, I'm not a big fan of Joss Whedon. We've we've discussed this, and I I think he was treated unfairly with uh with Age of Ultron, which I didn't really like. But we get into it some other time. Yeah, we'll, we'll do um, yeah, yeah. So. And then look, Zack Schneider is going to be uh, DC's, you know, poster child, like Golden Boy. Right. And look what look what's happened to Zack Schneider. Zack Schneider was is not was not an unknown. <sighs> no, he was he he had a, a a heck of a resume before he got to Man of Steel. Right. And when they gave him Man of Steel, people were like, "Well, that's going to be interesting because he resurrected the the, the zombie genre, and he he." Pretty much started the uh, the visually astounding comic book 
uh, genre. So, so wait, I got to interject. Someone's here making fun of me. No, not making fun of you. Actually, <laughs> making fun of Ben Affleck. And uh, so, <laughs> we have to. I have to hand Affleck. it to Elizabeth McKee, who is uh, chiming in on Facebook Live. By the way, you can you can find us on Facebook Live, uh, Facebook.com/slash Secrets of the Sire. Secrets of the Sire. Um, do it. You know, on the uh, what do you call on on Periscope on the on the Periscope, which where we get our hecklers, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, at Michael underscore Dolce, um, well, I guess Elizabeth McKee chimed in. He did direct a short called "I Killed My Lesbian Wife, Hung Her on a Meat Hook, and Now I Have a Three Picture Deal at Disney." But we try not and to think about that. And apparently, <laughs> no, this is director Ben Affleck. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm looking at IMDb.com. I, this has to be like a like a like a like a hoax. It has to be. But it. But I'm looking. It is IMDb.com. Unless I just got fished and now I have no money. Because <laughs> I clicked on the link and, and now yeah. and now I have like that's You've it. Been robbed. I've, uh, You've been robbed. You've been robbed. Shoot, man. Randy some Hogan's guy, got my car. Some guy just came in and took your shirt. <laughs> Who was that guy? Bring bring my shirt back. To be fair, if this is how I lose all my money in a Nigerian prince scam, I'm okay with it. Actually. I think that's actually. I'm not you know, alright with it because I'm, I'm five feet away from you. I don't want to lose all I got. So Randy Hogan's got my car. Elizabeth McKee has all my money. Yeah, um, yeah. which is not much. So jokes on them. <laughs> my car was kind of crappy hey, it's, too. It's, so. it's it adds to what they got. So it's all win for them. Storyline: A first-time feature film director who's also the writer and producer is casting the lead actress. We meet him talking to his. Oh my god! I'm not even going to get into this. this is <laughs> yeah. Like, what kind of synopsis is this? That sounded dark the minute you started reading it. <laughs> <laughs> the no, wrinkle no. is that the director is a homicidal misogynist. Of course. Well, isn't the, that always the wrinkle? Yeah, though? that's the wrinkle you <laughs> like, always want to run away from. That's like just, that's just Hollywood, yeah. right? I mean, that's, that's, just, that's, right. A, that's my landlord. All right. I want to remind everybody that this is a live call-in show. Um, this is a podcast for anybody listening on iTunes. Again, iTunes, uh, you can get us and you know, look up Secrets of the Sire. Go to do SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Secrets of the Sire. But do you it. can call in right now. We do this every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Call in 877-480-4120. I want to know your thoughts. Where does this leave D.C.? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? And up next, we're going to do the pros. We're going to do a little pro-con uh-huh. to, uh, to Sad Affleck. Sad Affleck. When we come back. <laughs> You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. I'm your host, Mike Dolce. I got our trusty engineer, Sam, in the background. We got my co-host, Hassan Godwin. Uh, and in the back, we have intern Patrick. Intern Patrick. Um, who's, who's haunting me from behind. Who's always haunting yeah. you from behind. <laughs> but let's, if you, uh, let's never use that sentence again. <laughs> oh, that's, that's very true. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that, too, because we're on Facebook Live, and uh, the, the way the, the camera's actually positioned looks terrific. Periscope is right next to me with the camera right next to me. It just looks... I mean, this microphone looks gigantic. <laughs> and, uh, it, yeah. And there, there's some... Yeah. yeah. So if you go but to... Only, at, if, only if you go there with your mind. Yes. It, well, I mean, where else does my mind go? <laughs> go to at Michael underscore Dolce. 
Duce and uh, find us on uh, on Twitter, and then you'll also find us on Periscope, and you can see exactly what I'm talking about. Facebook Live, you you just get a perfect a perfect shot. Um, we <laughs> love all of our uh, our people chiming in as well too. So on the Facebook page, you know, chime in with some comments. Uh, we will read them on air. Uh, it's less work for us to do uh, just to just read other stuff. So <laughs> yeah, we, we, we exactly we, we're that's why we say the show big right fan. itself. We're a big big fan of that. Call in eight seven seven. Uh, 480-4120. Um, our guest coming up uh, next segment uh, co-created Deadpool and wrote Batman, so he's going to have he uh, he's going to have a ton of opinions. Even though he wrote in my pre-interview uh, interview, he has no opinions. So you know, but we're going to get to the, we're going right. to get we'll, we're gonna, we'll, we'll find that out. We'll get that in there. Yeah, All it'll right. just be silence. You're just going to ask him questions, and you're going to hear a silence. So we were talking. Um, <laughs> hey, we got Leo Reg just joined. So he heard giant phallic microphone. Periscope got to join. He jumped right in. Uh, <laughs> pros and cons to no to, to sad. We'll, we'll call him Sad Affleck or Sefleck. Is that Sadfleck. Sad Fleck? Yeah. Sad, that's <laughs> kind of tough to enunciate, but you know it's better sad than a variety Affleck. article anyway. Right. So yeah. um, we'll go. We'll go with like that. Root canal. Um, there, there's pros and cons to this, right? It's not all negative. I mean, obviously, my initial reaction um, is negative. <laughs> your, your initial feeling is. Hey, that by the way, Omar Ban Molly just chimed in. Fabian has opinions. Godwin knows the truth. <laughs> So and Omar knows. Omar and, uh, knows the truth. That's what we like to see. We like to see uh, that people know the truth. All right. My initial reaction was, "Oh my God, DC just can't get out of its own way. Uh, this is no good." I think there was. Uh, how, do we, how does DC get blamed though? We don't necessarily know that. Well, DC as an entity, decided. right? It's 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 it's. it's it's the perception thing. It's like you don't hear things like this, you know, come out of Marvel. Like we, were, you, you brought up Age of, of Ultron, and it's not really a great Avengers movie, no, but no, that's the worst they, that they can come up with. You know what I mean? Like that's the worst that Marvel can do because Marvel has a corporate structure wow. in the film universe. You just have this perception you're getting quality. All things change with time. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. The Patriots used to be a terrible organization. Now they've been to seven Super Bowls. So it, it can it can reverse 19, itself. 1991, but, Batman. But, saw Batman. Superman. Sure. You have, you have uh, not 1991, but you have Superman the motion picture. Mm-hmm. You've got television shows. You had Batman on television sure. in the 60s. DC was kicking butt for quite a long time. Marvel couldn't get it. I remember the of Captain America movie. Yep. And uh, the Punisher movie with um, with Dolph Lundgren. I actually personally like that one because I, I was yeah, like, like I was like eight years old and it yeah, had boobs in that's it. That's why. And I was like, like I, yeah, because you're I was like, eight, dad, dad, it's the Punisher. It He's boobs. a comic book character, and there's no. boobs in it. And that yeah. was, you know, hey, no, that was no that was really terrible film. Terrible film, Mike. Not not good. No, no. not good. No, still holds holds and, a place next to my boobs. And that well, that's, fine. <laughs> that's fine. You know, wherever you want to keep that, that's you know, as long as you keep it warm, but. That's what Marvel was for quite sure. some time, for quite a long time. But using the Patriots analogy, Ben Affleck was supposed to be their Tom Brady. I'm, I'm keeping it all Boston. I'm keeping it. Look, it's Super Bowl this week. I got to do some sort of tie-in for that. Uh, he, you don't know if he's not gonna be. He's just not gonna sure. direct it. Sure. It doesn't mean his Batman. He's already proven his Batman. People love his Batman. Yeah. And I didn't really like his Batman. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, a couple of people I've talked to, they're like, "No, oh, that's the best Batman I've ever seen." So I'm like, "All right, you know, at least that's working for somebody." And that's gonna—that's a good lead into the first pro, right? Mm-hmm. A half-hearted director is not a good thing, right? Like, not for this—not for this franchise. No, I know. Look, yeah. I know Batman was their only successful franchise. Right, if you really right, look at yes. it, right? Both Tim Burton and Christopher Nolan will leave out the Schumacher, you know, years and stuff like that. But I mean, in general, even those to an extent were successful until they killed extent. everything. Yeah. Um, you know, they if he's questioning himself, <laughs> you know, maybe it is best that he sets it aside. You know, for whatever the reasons, we talked about that in the first segment. Maybe he's scared. Maybe he's got a maybe he's just worried about the negative reactions. This is not his first bomb in a while, too. Batman v Superman was critically you know, bombed. If you want to go, and that's where that's where Sadfleck came from. <laughs> so maybe that's a maybe that's a good thing that he is not. Um, you know, he's not feeling this. Maybe maybe that's a good thing, right? But here's a con, right? This guy earned his chops with Argo, and and even you know, Live by Night. You know, look, it he, looked good. It, it looked, looked good, good, right? I mean, if it's not critically overseed, that's okay. I feel like there's a big con. He's letting the fans down. You can't say that, though. I mean, if he he would let this, he, 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 there's no way to win because if he made that movie half mm-hmm. half heartedly, no, there's a way to win. I mean, if he made okay, right? If he makes the movie half heartedly, I I agree. Yeah. But if he doesn't, if he actually brings the level of quality that wins Oscars, like in Argo, DC hasn't made a good movie yet. Okay, theoretically, I've I have my own personal feelings about Man of Steel and also about uh, Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. but. That I, I guess the conventional wisdom 
as 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 with the prequels, sure. you know, that DC hasn't made a good movie. There's just they're just not good movies, and that's all there is to it as far as the internet's concerned. Right? So Yeah. Ben Affleck, we haven't seen Wonder Woman, but Ben Affleck is pretty much it would be all on his shoulders to fix everything. Yes. That's a lot of pressure. He's got to be Batman. I agree. He's got to be Bruce Wayne. I agree. And he's got to fix everything. So, and a he's new, just a man. A new pro is uh, another pro. This opens the door for some new directors, right? So, Star Wars is the model. Then this actually might work out really, really well, right? Ben Affleck, like you said, can focus on just being Batman. Mm-hmm. And we can bring in a new director, just kind of like, look, Rogue One brought in a new director. J.J. Uh, Abrams kind of, you know, now it's like you're taking these known entities and you're giving, you know, up-and-coming directors a chance to, yeah, to, to shine. So that's a pro, no question. Yes. A con, this opens the door to new directors. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Star Wars How'd and Marvel. How'd you do that? How'd you do that? I know. It's, it's, oof, <laughs> poof, it's crazy. Unlike Star Wars and, and Marvel, you know, do we, do we feel confident that DC actually has a plan no. for what they're doing? No. Patrick gives the big thumbs down behind you. I could see him because I could see the shadow. (laughs) No, we were not confident. And that's, you know what the funny thing is? We had Zack Schneider who who made 300 and who made uh, um, uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Mm -hmm. He made Dawn of the Dead. He made Sucker Punch. That's a a polarizing movie. Yep. And then he made Man of Steel. Yeah. And then he made Batman v Superman. Right. I liked Man of Steel to an extent. I liked it to an it's, extent. It's a completely incoherent movie. <laughs> it's, narratively, it's 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 terrible. It's mm-hmm, a really terrible mm-hmm. movie. There are aspects of Superman that I really like in yeah. uh, Batman versus Superman. There's aspects of Batman versus Superman. There, there's you know it, it was um, it's like that old Entourage episode when uh, when uh, Harvey Weingard is is watching Medellin and he's like, "There's greatness in this movie. <laughs> we just we just need to find yeah. it." <laughs> And well, there is greatness in that. I thought the first the first hour of Batman v Superman was actually really well done. It it it's, it it set up why Batman yeah. would be against Superman. Mm-hmm. It set up why they would inevitably come to conflict. And then it added like eighteen hundred characters and yeah. other and like three mega yeah. plotline storylines. They wanted it to be Avengers, right? Because they yeah, right. exactly they wanted it to catapult. And you're not going to be Avengers, but that's we... but that's what it comes down to. So I don't care what director you bring in. I mean, you you could bring in Scorsese, and I would still sit there and be like. Yeah, does work. DC have a plan? No, they does don't have DC a plan. Does DC have a plan? They for don't this? have a plan. They don't have a universe. They, they, their, their model is exactly what Marvel's model was. Right. Except Marvel, they're going to do Marvel did the without any work. direction, without, without any the actually, leg work. Right. Right. Because Marvel used a separate movies to set up every character that was in their flagship movie, which is the the Avengers. I cannot talk. Sorry. Yeah. And so the Avengers did not have to waste an hour and a half setting up the origin of each and every one of these characters right. which we're going to have to deal with um I look at it from more of a grand, I, I look at it out. from more of a of a of a contradictory platform too right like Warner Brothers is supposed to be like the home where a director and an artist can just do their thing like that's what they that's why they're like we don't need an interconnected universe because <laughs> we want you guys to be able to just as filmmakers take these characters and do whatever you want by the way can you also make an interconnected universe yeah, while you do yeah, it while so. you're, you know while you're at it yeah so all but right. if they if they were really committed to it they wouldn't have started with Batman because yeah. we've had a hundred Batman movies. Oh yeah, so they should have started with something else. Well, they, and we they, would have known they they, they didn't start with Man of Steel, and then they realized they could start with Man of Steel and say, "Hey, Man of Steel was the first one." Mm-hmm. Hindsight. All right, when we come back, we've got Fabian Nicieza, co-creator of Deadpool. He's written for Batman. He's written. He's pretty much written almost everything in in, in comic books at some point. So um, he has zero opinions, but he's up next. Yeah. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. If you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy, and culture, then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the Know 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. Legalize the earth to continue to resist the passage of this necessary legislation. 
Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back. Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. Uh, we're also streaming live on, on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Welcome SW Prequels. We love SW Prequels on Periscope, at Michael underscore Dolce. And uh, our next guest is, uh, I mean, he's been doing comics for God knows how long. And uh, he's pretty much, I don't know, he co-created that that you know indie film guy. Uh, called Deadpool. So I want to welcome Fabian Nicieza to the show. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Doing pretty good. Now, you actually are very familiar with uh, both myself and Hassan, actually. Um, Hassan goes back to the Valiant days, correct? Intimately familiar with both of you. <laughs> That's the way we L- like to... Listen to how happy he sounds about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you've pretty much you've written over a thousand comics uh, from Superman to Spider-Man, Buffy to Barbie... Uh, you pretty much worked on everything. You co-created Deadpool for Marvel. Uh, is there anything that you haven't worked on yet that you want to sink your teeth into? In comic books, yeah, um, yeah there's always been a lot of a lot of house characters uh, for Marvel or DC that I still would have liked to have had a shot at. Um, I don't have that many regrets, luckily, uh, and and I don't lament the ones that exist that much, but. Um, I would love to have had a shot at writing Captain America monthly. I would love to have had a shot at writing at least a one-year arc on a, a Doctor Strange monthly book. Wow. Um, back in the early 90s, I pitched to try to get the, uh, the monthly Doctor Strange book, um, and, I, and I didn't get it um, because editor was frankly terrified of what I pitched, <laughs> um, which was that wasn't a big deal. It was just the second coming of Christ and Doctor Strange having to stop it because <laughs> the spiritual promotion of the planet happened then that was going to give the dark gods an entry to take over the planet so he basically had to stop the coming of christ is what it amounted to um and and apparently that scared him off a little bit uh, but it was a really <laughs> really now. good story i wish i would have had a chance to tell it characters at dc that, that um I, I would like to have had a shot to do more of i, I got to work on um that the the Trinity weekly book, and I did all the backups in that when Kurt Busick was doing the main uh, section, and, and I got to write a gajillion D characters in that. Um, but but I would love to have had a, a, a chance at like a Hawkman or an Adam type of thing. I, I got I got to write Nightwing a little bit, and he's my favorite character in, in comics since I was five uh, five six years old. Uh, Dick Grayson Robin was my favorite character. Um, and I got to write the monthly Robin and Red Robin book. Uh, so I got to write Tim Drake. Um, so, yeah, no, not, not that much in that So regard. you haven't accomplished you know, anything in comics. I still want to do comics. more creator-owned stuff. Um, but but um, I'm honestly just too damn lazy. <laughs> so you, you've accomplished nothing is what you're saying. And that's, you know, there's nothing there's <laughs> Yeah, nothing you know what? I, I, I do have a gut feeling that I did too much too soon, and that kind of tired me out faster than it should have. So, so I started to gravitate away from comics 15 years ago uh, because I, I had burnt myself out a little bit on them. Uh, post-acclaim, um, so I started to look for other things to do, uh, and that took me to a lot of work outside of comics. Cool. That's actually a great segue, too, uh, and we love segues on the show. Um, what was it like creating comics in the early 90s during the hysteria? Um, it, it was interesting. Uh, <laughs> that's the best way I could put it. No, 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 um, no. We want dirt. It, it, it dirt. really, it, it, it honestly was uh, the best of times, the worst of times. Uh, I mean, there were tremendous... 
positives to all of that. Um, not just the, the work environment was great for the most part at Marvel. We, we had a great time. We, we, we really all cared about each other a lot. We worked together very well at a certain point where people were working, all the different departments were working pretty well together. That was like 89, 88, 89 to about 93 or so. Uh, things started to fall downhill after uh, the company got bought by Perlman, and they mm-hmm. started to raise their expectations of what the company had to do to perform to to, to the standards to which they could steal money from the company and pocket it. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that started to create undue pressures, which started to, to create rifts uh, in, in within the company um but but working on the comics was pretty exciting um but but i was doing so much and it was under such stressful conditions that i, I wasn't able to enjoy it enough at the time mm-hmm. and i certainly don't enjoy it in hindsight because i don't think that the work that i uh, a lot of the work that i was involved in with was as good as it could have been or should have been um so, so that's why i say best of times worst of times because i'm 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 writing, uh, you know, a lot of the top-selling books. I'm cashing big checks. I'm I got giant lines at conventions for autographs. That's all fun. I'm doing Pizza Hut videos with Stan Lee. Everything, yeah. everything's hunky-dory fun. But uh, you know, the work itself is something that that um, that I wasn't proud of at the time, for the most part. Uh, not every title, but certainly the X titles and that. That always makes it hard in hindsight to look back at it. So I have two questions for you. One is, how did you get your first break? I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you said you were piling on so much at once. Um, so that's my first question. And it leads right into my second question. How come you never got a Levi's commercial? <laughs> All right, the Levi's commercial. Let me do, let me do the work. The, 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 first, the former first. Um, the, my first big break wasn't necessarily a big break per se because I, I was already working on staff in the company. I was the company's advertising manager, okay. so I was doing all the promo house ads, promo posters for the direct market, uh, for, you know, uh, direct sales flyers, all that kind of stuff. That was my job, so I was it, it, very, very engaged and involved with editorial. Um, and, and I got right. I got to sell my first story that saw print because the schedules on the new universe titles were such a disaster area that they were desperate for um for work so i got to sell an inventory story that way Mm -hmm. and i got assigned sci force as a monthly book by shooter right before he collapsed the line and about less than a year before he got fired um so so it's like i didn't even feel like i earned that because it was just given to me Mm -hmm. and i was forced on an editor so that was a little uncomfortable um I didn't really feel like I earned my way into Marvel until I got New Warriors. When I got New Warriors, that's when I felt finally I'd, I'd, I'd worked my way to get that title. I did a whole bunch of uh, short inventory stories and, and eight-page stuff for Marvel Comics Presents, which which was uh, collecting inventory well in advance of its publication. Uh, annual backups. I did all of that for like two years after force got canceled um so I, when i got new warriors number one uh, a mainstream superhero title in the marvel universe that i get to kick off with a, a, a new issue a number one issue that's when i finally felt that that i I'd, I'd, I'd made i'd earned my way into the the company as a writer i was already well uh, well sure. in the company as the advertising manager i was actually very responsible for a lot of stuff that was going on uh, within the company from a promotional and sales standpoint that's great. As far as the Levi's commercial is concerned, uh, <laughs> that's what I want to know. This is just that's so what we big. really want to know. My penis is so big that it couldn't <laughs> be contained by a button fly jean. So they had no choice but to go with other people for those commercials. And that's that the truth, and I'm sticking with that story no matter what. <laughs> no matter what my wife says. <laughs> so you're working with Rob Liefeld. Uh, you know, working on a New Mutants, and then eventually, it obviously, turns into X Force. Um, Liefeld to me is like is like the band Green Day. Like he got a, they got a lot of flack when they first came out for for like not being technically like you know they can't play their instruments and this and that. But then like you, you kind of look back and you're like no, no no they do something really special right. But when you were writing for Liefeld, did you ever look at his artwork and just be like you know what is this guy doing? Where are these shoulder pads coming from? Why are these muscles? Yeah something? well the, that that yes yes and no though um, yes in that there was lots of things that he was doing uh, as the schedule crept up on him mm-hmm. and as he was trying to juggle 
a little too much, namely trying to start, trying to ferment and start a brand new comic company yeah. while he was working on a monthly comic uh, yeah. for Marvel that he was supposed to be writing and, and <laughs> plotting and penciling and inking. Um, and 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 Rob Rob likes to likes to juggle a lot. Rob's very enthusiastic about stuff, so he he actually he sometimes he he jumps at the bright light too quickly, and he forgets that the light that he's currently <laughs> working on still needs to be maintained. You know, yeah. uh, and and yes, some of the art was rushed, and a lot of that was deadlines. But I also know that he draws very very well when he wants to, when sure. he has the time, mm-hmm. and and when he has the the enthusiasm enthusiasm and energy and and so there were instances where you could see stuff that wasn't wasn't coming through as good as i knew he was able to do but i also understood why that was happening i knew i knew all the other stuff that he was he was doing and percolating so well, he only drew the book for not even a full year. I mean, yeah. we we had we had a guest art shop by Mike Mignola, and then mm-hmm. we had uh, Mark Pasella working off of real rough layouts from Rob. So it, it wasn't that it wasn't that that long of a period of time when you really think about it. It was it was less than a year of working together on the actual art, and and I was working a lot. I was scripting a lot off of layouts because he'd just right. do the layouts. I'd script off that, and then he'd be fleshing out the layouts and finishing the inks at his studio with, with himself and, and his assistants. So I generally never even saw the the finished art and my script until the the vellum balloon placements were placed on the original artboards when they came in sure. for a final proofread. So it, it wasn't even like it wasn't the same kind of a process as working on New Warriors was, which I did the plot. Mark Bagley gave you the uh-huh. pencils. The pencils were completely finished and crisp and clear, and, and he handed in pages 1 through 22 in order. You know, So, so that was a very different kind of a, a working experience. But, but all, all comics, all monthly sure. comics are different working experiences. This just happened to be the way it was, it was being done on X-Force. So, talking about X-Force, obviously, New Mutants introduced Deadpool. Um, I read this recently, um, you know, doing my, doing my barely any research for the show. Uh, as it stands, he's an homage to the character Deathstroke, um, as the often quote goes, you do the Deathstroke in the, death, in the Deadpool, to the point where even writer Fabian Nicieza acknowledged it. He wrote to Liefeld, this is Deathstroke from Teen Titans. He even named the character Wade Wilson as an acknowledgement. Is that, is that the, is that the, give us the origin? I don't know where Deadpool. you're reading that from. I don't know where you're reading that from, but that's a bastardization of anything <laughs> I've ever said or the real truth, okay? Um, it, it, the character was never created to be an homage of Deathstroke. Okay. He was never created to be a parody of Deathstroke. Take that, it, movie blog. An homage is a purposeful tip of the hat to the, the to, to an, a pre-existing character, and, and a parody is a purposeful uh, comedic slant on an existing character. Ah, okay. It, the, the character was designed to be a combination of Spider-Man and Punisher. Rob wanted a, a thin character who could bounce around Cable and fight in a different way and had big guns and knives and swords. <laughs> now, there, there is definitely a, a, a touch of George Perez's costume design at work when it came uh-huh. to the, some of the harness belts and pouches and, and, and katana blades. And that's not just from Deathstroke, though. <laughs> that's also from Taskmaster. Okay. A lot of people yeah, yeah. seem to mm-hmm. want to forget because they love to bash Rob and they love to belittle the, the Deadpool creation, creative process. A lot of people seem to forget that if you hold up Taskmaster and, and, De- and Deathstroke next to each other, you'll see a lot of similarities in some of the mm. touches there, too. And those characters were designed one year apart by George Perez himself. Okay, <laughs> So Rob was definitely channeling a love of George Perez when he was when he was doing aspects of that character design um, but and that's what I was joking with him about sure and I named and it wasn't writing it down I, I this was over the phone and I named him Wade Wilson as a civilian identity as nothing more than an in joke between me and Rob for me having joked about about the George Perez costume and pouches stuff. <laughs> I never said anything about that publicly for 15 years, okay? I guarantee you, not a single letter we ever got at Marvel, and we used to get thousands of letters for that book, not mm-hmm. a single letter ever said, you ripped off Deathstroke because his <laughs> name is Wade Wilson. I, I, 99% of the people didn't even realize it. 
and I'm not and I'm not kidding and I'm not and I'm not I'm not bullshitting. That's just the absolute truth. Until I said it in an interview years later uh. that I named him Wade Wilson as an in joke between me and Rob because of the the George Perez Deathstroke love. Okay, so the response I have, and now it's got, now I get angry about it because <laughs> it perpetuates on the on the internet as a falsehood, and then people read snippets of 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 misappropriated wait, information. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that the things on the internet is not true? That's not, yes. That's I am telling you that some of the things on the internet may not be true. I told um, you, Fabian, had uh, other than ideas. the size of Donald Trump's inauguration audience, yeah. not everything on the internet is true. Right? But but the the thing that the, the thing that um, now you made me lose my train of thought. And I was I just getting it. my dander going. Um, <laughs> the, it's time for commercial. The, <laughs> the thing that bothers me the most of all is people who say he was created to be a parody of Deathstroke. And and my response to that is pretty simple. Although nine times out of ten, when I say it to somebody, they look at me with a blank face because they don't even know the details of Deathstroke as a character. So how could they even claim it's a parody of Deathstroke? But sure. that's besides the point. Sure. They want to go. They want to look at its surface value. My response to you, if you guys know anything about comics, which you supposed to, because you're doing this show, okay? <laughs> my my. We have no credentials is, here. I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> does Deadpool have a butler named? Spearmint. And what is your answer to that? Does Deadpool have a butler named Spearmint? Yeah. No. Son goes no. Does Deathstroke have a butler named Wintergreen? Yes. Yes, he does. If Deadpool was a parody of Deathstroke, <laughs> in saying? my poor lack of skill fashion back in 1991, he would have had a butler named Spearman, wouldn't he? <laughs> does Deadpool have a son who is blind and can't smell, can't hear, and can't touch? The answer is no, he does not. If he had been a parody of Deathstroke, he would have had a son who couldn't hear, smell, <laughs> or see, or touch, because Deathstroke had a son who couldn't talk, who was mute, okay? So, which actually, in hindsight, I wish I'd done that, because that would have been really funny. <laughs> so, in my mind, at 30 years old, with the lack of experience I had as a writer... A parody of a character would have come across like Mad Magazine. It would have been overt and and purposeful. And nothing about the Deadpool character has anything to do with Deathstroke's character. Not even the healing ability that people throw out at me. I was like, are you kidding me? That Rob was just copying Wolverine's healing factor because Rob thought that was cool and thought that it would help. <laughs> it would help. Deadpool's cred, right? I'm the one who didn't want to call it a healing factor because I thought it was stupid that every character under the sun was starting to have healing factors. <laughs> so all I did is, is BS techno babble, and I called it cellular re perpetual cellular regeneration. <laughs> That's what he has. And that actually led to me getting to the point of why did he go to the Weapon X program to try to to, to, to try to help himself, which resulted in him being this way. And the reason for that is because of the cancer. Deathstroke doesn't have cancer. My mother-in-law had cancer. That's why Deadpool had cancer. We're not, we're so, not laughing for so the mother-in-law had cancer part. to try to save his life, and that's what ended up turning Boot into it. a monster, and that's what ended up making his brain crazy. His brain is crazy because the brain cells are constantly in flux because of the perpetual cellular regeneration. just doesn't sound as good as a healing factor. It doesn't trip <laughs> off the tongue as easily. So I get my dander up because I'm sick and tired of answering the same questions again and again and again. It's been 25-plus years, and it's, it's all in print. It's on paper. You can actually read the comics and make a determination for yourself whether you think a character is actually a parody of another character. We've got a fired-up Fabian Nicieza yeah. here, which I'm kind of proud of that we, that we got you fired up uh, but you know un oh, unfortunately <laughs> you know me too well. you can ask anybody at work it doesn't take too much to fire me up <laughs> like but I yelled at on Tuesday because I was told I'd go bananas over the littlest thing and I said that wasn't even me going bananas wait till I do Dolce show on Wednesday oh 
Well, you, you definitely delivered in that question. But now, you know, we've actually run out of time, and I can't get you to my Tiger Beat question, which is my uh, which is the Dream X-Men lineup question. So we're going to have to have you back on at some point, and we're going to we're gonna do that. And we didn't even get into Celebrity Mad Libs. I was going to do Celebrity Mad Libs with you. I was very, I'm very, I'm deeply upset now. Yeah, but what you got was way better than Celebrity Well, we don't know, actually. Either you, you got, got a chance you gotta, to try. You either got to book me for more time because you got to plan for me rambling, or you got to <laughs> not ask me questions that make me ramble. <laughs> I will, I will hint at my next appearance, though. Any any t- Tiger Beat X Men lineup has to begin with Bobby Sherman. Okay. Okay. We'll go from there. All right, Fabian. That is Fabian Nissier, he's a co-creator of Deadpool. Uh, he also has a, has his name up on a street sign in the movie, which had to be pretty cool for you, right? Uh, yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah, it was good. It was nice. <laughs> I, I'm glad they did that. Uh, a percentage awesome. of the gross would a percentage of the gross would have been even nicer, but it's okay that they did that. I'll yeah, take a street sign. All right, Fabian, we're definitely gonna have to have you back on the show. Uh, it's been awesome, and uh, yeah, we'll 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 talk. Uh, you know, because I'm sure that Deadpool guy is gonna be around uh, a little longer, so Maybe. I'm sure we'll have you. I hope again. at least another ten to twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> Fabian Nicieza, everybody. When we come back, uh, we'll pick it up from there somehow. <laughs> take care, guys. Bye bye. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. I want to welcome, want to thank our guest Fabian Nicieza. I think Hassan, you made a comment off the air. Yeah, that he, he I think we asked him one question, and he, <laughs> and he pretty much carried the entire interview himself, which was just awesome because we like to do as little work as possible yes, on didn't. this end of of the gigantic microphone for anybody who's watching me on Periscope right now. The writer uh, gnomes are not getting paid for that segment. Yeah, did. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't pay them anyway. No, we didn't even get it. So this is the funny thing too. Yeah, I actually wrote like ten questions. I'm glad I got to at least ask him what it was like in the early '90s because I wanted I wanted that. But then we just started talking. Is Deadpool Deathstroke? That's all. That's all we needed. Which 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 is awesome. Yeah, because quite frankly, that, that was pretty. That was pretty Im- impressive. Apparently, set his brain on fire though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to set the guest brain on fire. I mean, we didn't even get into celebrity Mad Libs. We were going to start no, a didn't. whole bit, uh, and we're going to try this. Maybe we'll do it with Jeff Gomez, who's coming on in two weeks. We got Pat Shand coming on next week, who uh, Zenoscope writer, Marvel novel writer, no, Marvel novelist. Is that the best way uh, to put yes, it? I guess that's Marvel, the best way to put it. Maybe Marvel we'll do celebrity. Ma- he'll be in. They'll both be in studio, so maybe we'll do Mad Libs in studio. And we'll see how it goes. But yeah, that was Fabian Nicieza. This is Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, comic book movies, uh, TV shows, anything related to the comic book universe. Uh, we talk about it every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. We're also, um, hey, we're also not only on Facebook and, and Periscope, but we're on Patreon as well, too. Um, we, didn't, we didn't mention it much tonight, but um, you could actually have gotten green room access, and you could have heard Hassan and I talk Trump politics and <laughs> writing and uh, and prepping for celebrity Mad Libs. Uh, you get green room access if you uh, if you support the show. Five dollars cool. a month, it's crazy. It's like that's like barely anything. I think like lunch costs way more than that. Uh, so you can Mine actually, does. yeah, I would I would think so. So uh, yeah, go to michaeldolce.com, M I C H A E L. D-O-L-C-E dot com. It'll take you to the Patreon page or go to the Patreon, look up Secrets of the Sire. Um, you know, if you like what you if you like what you listen to, you know, help us out here and uh, and and be be a supporter of the show and you get some cool stuff in advance. Make so yeah. Good show. I, 
I, we've we've kind of talked a little. I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff tonight. We talked about Ben Affleck uh, again. I didn't even get a chance we to didn't ask talk Fabian to Ben Affleck. No, we, we didn't talk about. To, well, I'm going to publicize that we did talk to Ben Affleck. You know what? I keep messing you up, man. In fact, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> I'm just going to. I mean, we had sad, we had sad Fleck. Away. We had we had sad Fleck. Sad we had Fleck. fired up Fabian. F- yes. Fabian. Fi- we got to come up with some sort of Nisieza. That's you're not coming up with. You know, fired up Nisieza. Yeah, but that's not like the same thing as like sad fleck. We need like no. we need like one. We need two words combined into one word that that kind of give me a minute. Kind of sums up. Well, give me a little while. I'll uh, think of it. But we're also gonna we're gonna go spin in the racks a little bit too. We do this every week. It's uh, it's a nice way to put a bow on the show and uh, just kind of talk about some of the other comic book news that's out there or comic book related news. Uh, again, the Ben Affleck thing was big. We were talking about that for the first two segments. Uh, you can catch us on iTunes again. Download any of the show. Um, we're on YouTube. YouTube.com slash C slash Secrets of the Sire. We got our we got our URL. It was very exciting. I hate Google. That's beside the point. But again, you could have had that whole conversation if you were an executive producer. Um, anyway, Nicole Kidman in talks for major DC role. Uh, so apparently Nicole Kidman, uh, this is according to Newsarama, and not the movie blog, which is which is where yeah, Fabian, Fabian Fabian take that the movie them, blog. He is not he is not happy with <laughs> themovieblog.com uh, for writing what they wrote. But um, uh, so in today's second piece of potential Aquaman casting news, Nicole Kidman is in early talks to join the film, according to Hollywood Reporter. Kidman would play the role of Atlanta. Oh, your your eyes just lit up here. Yeah, so for anybody right, okay. you know out there, that's not bad. All right, so give me Atlanta. I know nothing about it. Give me the give me the scoop on this. So I don't know if anybody realizes at this point. I have no working knowledge of comic books or the comic book industry, even though I've been in the industry now for fifteen years. <laughs> go ahead, Atlanta. Let's go. Uh, it's a it's this. Um, is it the for, is it the former Georgia. queen? Is it yeah? That. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Hotlanta. Hot, uh, yeah. Actually, Nicole Kidman could be Hotlanta too. She could be Hotlanta. Uh, she, according to this, is the former queen of Atlantis and Aquaman's mother. Well, if you knew that, why did you? What, what do you ask me questions? Actually, I didn't realize it. I didn't. I just didn't keep reading down down the line. See, so had I, see had I known there was other things. Uh, the actress previously played the non-comic book character Professor Chase Meridian in 1995's Batman Forever opposite Bill. We're Kevin. not going to talk about that though. Well, she looked great in that movie. She though. did. You know, I got to be but first one to say everybody looked great in 1995. <laughs> no, I disagree. Even I, I disagree. Great in 1995, I disagree. I, you know, <laughs> I disagree. The 90s, were, the 90s were not. 90s were a wonderful time. Oh no, they were an amazing time. Absolutely an amazing time. It was a great time to be alive. However, I would say with the fashions of today, That's I would say that no one looked good. Today, I mean, that's that's because you're using your eyes of today to look. No, back. no, I disagree. Actually, I'd you say you did not I'd think say, back then in 1995 that everybody looked terrible. <sighs> you didn't think it. You didn't no, no, it. I didn't think it. I think we looked better than in the 80s. <laughs> so, yes, I but would even say in that. the 80s, everyone said. I would say that ah, my one year old. What's going on with the way we look? My soon to one, soon to be one year old son is just growing to grow up in a fantastic time where everyone just looks fantastic. Because I think people are like, you think so? I think so. I think no, it's, I think it's then, progressively you know, getting better. Thirty years looking. from now, he's going to be like, Oof, I don't know. What the we were world doing. is getting progressively better looking. We are prog- getting progressively worse looking. No, over time. No, there's no we. Okay, no I am yes. getting progressively worse. No, that's worse fine. Looking. That's why you're on You've the camera. You've actually stayed pretty static. I do have to say that. <laughs> I do have to say that. That's that was my goal to stay static. If cast that was my Kidman, goal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we should probably talk about. Kind of, know, it's not Hassan's fault. This is absolutely. This is completely my fault. Um, if cast Kidman would join Jason Momoa, who plays Aquaman. Great cast, um, alongside Amber Heard as Mira. Willem Dafoe as Volko. Poor Willem Dafoe. And Patrick Wilson as Ocean Master. All right. Okay. Okay. See, it, it, so to okay. kind of to kind of tie this back into what we were kind of mm-hmm. talking about, I mean, there is hope for the DC universe. There's definitely. I say I've been I've been saying there's hope. I've been saying that, been that saying I've been saying no that every time it, there seems to be hope. That it's like the two steps forward, three steps we back. We take this back maybe a month. You were talking about uh, Wonder Woman, and you were. You I were think ripping, Wonder Woman looks fantastic. Yeah, I, I, but you were ripping them a new one. You know, like the, just them in general, the DC universe in general. You yes, were, you were tearing them apart. And I'm like, well, look, look at Wonder Woman. There were certain things that were great about um uh, about Batman versus Superman. Oh, I know, but I never said that there wasn't. I never said that there wasn't. I think great that's things. the route to go for <laughs> Superman from now on whenever they get it right, whenever they get the movie right, which is to look at him through the eyes of other people. Sure. The Christopher Reeve Superman, we looked at Superman through the eyes of Superman. Mm-hmm. 
And I I just think in our, we kind of are in a more cynical age. Absolutely. We would be very skeptical of some guy who went around with godlike powers. And I, I like that aspect. Like I said, I thought the movies. setup to Batman v Superman was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic, yeah. and then and then like we said, we kind of veered off into this into this yeah, you know some science fiction which weirdness. didn't need to be there, right? No, the, you know, didn't. just make the Batman v Superman movie, and maybe there's something. Maybe maybe they we're not having this conversation, but the problem, you know, but that's the they thing. They should have made the Dark Knight, right? Which they really should have. They should have should have been the Dark Knight, right? Instead, they tried to make the Dark Knight plus Superman Returns yeah. plus Superman, you know, yes. Death of Superman plus yes. Justice League, all in one yes. movie. And I mean, in a terrible, 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 terrible. But you you brought something else up here, and this is something that I, we've I, you know. Way before you, you ever joined the show, um, I, I, I said something called the Van Helsing um, effect, right? And, and Van Helsing, to me, was supposed to be the worst movie of all time, right? <laughs> yes. And by the time I actually watched Van Helsing, though, it was like years later because I, I, I avoided it like the plague because I heard such bad things. But by that time, my expectations were so low that, that when I watched terrible. it, I was like, this is not that bad. I don't understand why people were like this <laughs> upset about it. You didn't pay to see it, though. You didn't see it in the theater. Has DC now achieved Van Helsing effect when we go in there. Is that just how we should be watching these movies now? Yeah. I, look, they're not that bad. They're not great. They're not amazing extravaganzas, but they're not sure. as bad as people are making them out to. It's like the Fantastic Four movie. It wasn't oh, a great movie. Oh, the new Fantastic movie. Four movie was great until they, they, they realized that they're two and a half hours in and they're like, oh, crap, we got to end this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't, it's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. No. But it wasn't yeah. as bad no. as they made it out to I don't think it was. And either. that's the virtue. I don't think it was bad. I, in fact, I think Fantastic Four, again, Van Helsing effect, though. I heard such bad things about it. By the time I watched it, I was like, oh, this isn't that the bad. The same with Suicide Squad for me. Yeah. Where, you know, by the time I sat down, it was like, oh, I, I see why this wasn't a summer blockbuster, but there's but nothing is that, really wrong with But see, with that's the thing. Film. Is that fair to the fans now that they have to go in with such low no, expectations for it to be... Well, it's the fans who do it to themselves. No, I don't think it is. I think it's the filmmakers. I think it's the studio executives, you know, putting their paws on everything, too. They, I, they drum up the hysteria, but the fans are the ones who are hysterical. And the fans will keep the vitriol alive for years. Because the studio... After after a while, studio just wants to drop it. Sure, and the fans will keep it going. But it's it's look if if you're gonna if you're gonna play with these iconic characters, I mean you have to. But who? Which, which came first, chicken or egg? It's the chicken and egg thing. No, it's the egg. All right. On that note, we want to thank my guest. Uh, <laughs> thank it. my guest, Fabian Nicieza. Um, you know, again, one. Qu- this is great. I should have him on every week. One question. Yeah, that's all it takes. It was done. One question. Twenty one minutes done. later, we're done. <laughs> Fabian, awesome. one and done. Uh, we talked about Sad Affleck again. If you want to <laughs> catch us, um, go on go on iTunes. The new uh, podcast is up every Friday morning. Go to iTunes.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Go to SoundCloud.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Go to Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Go to YouTube.com slash C slash Secrets of the Sire. And at Michael underscore Dolce. I'm Mike Dolce. That's Hassan Godwin. This is Sam. Uh, next week we got Patch. Shand, Marvel novelist in studio. Be there. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And and welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com.
Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 